Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am so glad that you are back today to talk about why we overeat and how we can stop. It is such an important thing to talk about, to understand what drives overeating behavior, especially when we aren't even hungry, and then what we can do about it beyond just try harder, eat less, move more, because if that was the advice that worked, we wouldn't be here. And I want to say hello to everybody who has found Primal Potential over on iHeartRadio. We just got on iHeartRadio um, a couple days ago. So hello. If you are new to the show, um, we've got, gosh, close to 250 episodes now. The numbering is weird because I didn't originally number Q&A episodes and minisodes, but uh, even though we're looking like we're closer to 210. We're actually, we might be over 250 now. So anyway, um, if you are new to the show, I am so glad you are here. I am Elizabeth and uh, I love getting to know you guys. So please never hesitate to email me and let me know how I can help you along your journey. And we're going to dive right into this overeating stuff. But before we do, I wanted to ask if you saw the cool free gift that I created for you guys. So here's the scoop. You guys hear me talk all the time about how important I think it is to stay focused on the things that make you feel strong and powerful and capable. And one of the ways that I personally do that for myself in my own life is by putting some of my mantras, my affirmations, just positive power statements on the lock screen of my phone and on the background or the wallpaper of my phone. And I do that because I look at my phone and unlock my phone an absurd number of times per day. I hope that no one ever counts that for me because the number is probably completely ridiculous. But if I see this message, this mantra every single time, that is just taking great advantage of powerful real estate, something that I'm looking at several hundreds of times, if not more, every single day. And I've mentioned and shared with you on social media some of the backgrounds that I've used for my phone before to keep me focused and encouraged. And some of you have asked me to create them, these uh, lock screen images, these backgrounds for the phone. So I did. And you can get them. They're up right now on the blog at primalpotential.com. You just go to primalpotential.com and hit blog. Or if you are in the U.S., you can text the phrase, my mantra, one word, my mantra, M-Y-M-A-N-T-R-A, to the number 33444. 
and you can get them that way, or you can just go right over to the blog and they are there. If you are listening to this months and months from now, you'll probably have to search for it, but they are there. You can download them. I think there are five of them, and I'm gonna continue adding more. I've already gotten some requests for new ones that I'm gonna add today or tomorrow. If there are others that you really want, mantras, power statements, let me know, and I will continue to add to that collection. Today we're gonna talk about overeating. And we're gonna tackle why we overeat, some nutritional strategies to reduce overeating, and also some mental and emotional strategies to reduce overeating. And I wanna first say that overeating is not just an issue for people who are overweight. Overeating is an issue for everybody at times, regardless of whether you have a weight issue or not. When we talk about overeating, eating more than our bodies need, eating when we're not hungry, anything like that, here is the challenge. Food offers an immediate promise of reward, right? If you are looking at a piece of chocolate, you are going to get that zing of pleasure right away. It's not like you have to wait It is an immediate reward, but that in and of itself isn't really the challenge. The challenge, the bigger issue, is that the reward doesn't last. We wanna do it again and again and again, not because the food is so good, sometimes it is, but often it's not. I think we can all relate to overeating something that wasn't even really like that great, or afterwards we say that really wasn't worth it. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't necessarily worth it. So the challenge with overeating really comes from the the fact that, yeah, there is an immediate reward, but it doesn't last. Pretty much as soon as you've chewed and swallowed that food, reward is over, but we want more of it. We want that reward feeling, that immediate gratification, the sense that I want something and I can have it, and then, oh, That feels so good, but it's so fleeting. If the reward or the satisfaction lasted, we wouldn't need to keep going. Another handful, another bite, another handful, another bite. It's kind of as if, imagine if you had an itch, right? You want to scratch it. You want to give yourself that relief, but the only way for the itch to go away is for you to actively be scratching it. As soon as you stop scratching it, boom, the itch is there again. And with most processed foods, that is how it works. As soon as you stop, the reward is over. You want more reward. You want more reward. It doesn't last and you keep seeking it. That is why we often find ourselves overeating, especially overeating when we aren't even hungry. I want you to stay mindful of the fact that the payoff, the reward, the enjoyment doesn't last. And I think that in and of itself is pretty telling. I know one of the things I'm really working on doing more of is seeking rewards that are longer lasting and more fulfilling than food. Because for the longest time, because of depression, isolation, obesity, frustration, the only reward I felt like I was capable of giving myself was food. And for as long as I felt that way, I would keep using food because in the short term, in the immediate, it was effective. But in the long term, it was really, really dangerous and destructive. And it was very much like 
a drug-seeking behavior. You have an urge. You get uncomfortable if you don't fulfill it. So many people are just uncomfortable sitting with the desire and not acting on it. It's not that the food is so freaking amazing that you just have to have it. You're just not comfortable sitting with the urge and not responding, sitting with the desire and not responding. And that is something that just for like life skills, all areas of life, not just food, not just body, kind of need to get comfortable with that. I want to create rewards that are more meaningful and last longer than a mouthful of food does. Here's something really fascinating to me about overeating. And research tells us this, but honestly, human behavior and experience pretty obviously shows us this too. And that is we want to satisfy the urge. We want to silence the wanting We want to get the reward more than we want the food itself. It's like we want to scratch the itch more than we care about not having the itch anymore. Like there's this urge and the drive is to satisfy the urge. The drive is not for the food, but it's like when we have a craving and it feels so strong, The drive is not for whatever it is we want to eat. It's for giving in, giving ourselves something, saying yes, getting the reward. We just aren't comfortable resisting the urge, the wanting. So what I'm saying is the urge, the desire for the reward is what has more control over us than the reward itself. The craving for the Reese's Pieces or whatever else is more the issue than the food itself. In fact, when we look at some of the most successful weight, weight loss drugs that have ever been out there, like things like Fenfen, which is now banned. And if you're thinking, ooh, Fenfen, I need to look that up. Don't. Stop. That is a dieting mindset that is not going to help you. So if I know like people's brains are lighting up, like, oh, there's a weight loss drug that actually worked. Yeah. And it also gave people like sudden heart failure. So, you know, there's that. Um, but the reason that Fenfen worked for weight loss. Obviously, it was very, very dangerous, and that's why it's not available. But the method, the mechanism by which it worked was that it lessened the drive for reward. It didn't decrease appetite. It didn't. A lot of people described it that way. They thought that they were less hungry, but they weren't. What it did is it interfered with our dopamine and serotonin pathways in a way that made us less sensitive to the reward system. People felt like they could sit in front of a plate of donuts and then think, I'm good, I don't really need it. And many people perceived that to be an appetite thing, but it wasn't. It blunted the body's reward system. Unfortunately, and increasingly so, we are constantly seeking reward, stimulation, feedback. We honestly are becoming more and more every day like rats in a cage that just press the lever, press the lever, give me the reward. I don't care how hard I have to work for it. Give me the reward. I need to be rewarded. Pat me on the head. Give me what I want. We can't stand waiting in line. We want to be able to do what we want now, preferably from our smartphones and with one click. We hate waiting. We hate traffic. We have to have instant and immediate and constant stimulation. Our phones, television, Facebook, God forbid we sit without a phone, without the TV, without the computer, without somebody to talk to, without texting anybody. 
We are constantly seeking instantaneous reward and multiple rewards. We have to scratch the itch. And everybody out there with something to sell, food, clothes, anything, anybody with anything to sell, but this is especially true in the food industry, is playing off the fact that we want stimulation and we want it now. If we have an urge, we have to act on it. We cannot possibly resist it. Stimulate me over and over in multiple ways. We just can't resist those urges and those impulses. And this rolls over into our food behavior, making us want reward after reward after reward. And we are terribly uncomfortable resisting the urge. This is explained or demonstrated by the fact that we tend to overeat independent of hunger. We don't have to be hungry to overeat. If something's there and we could get a reward from it, immediate stimulation, boom, done. How often do we eat when we aren't hungry or keep eating after hunger is satisfied? And there's an interesting sort of inside inside view on this that explains how and why we do what we do. Have you ever noticed that let's say you're eating ice cream and maybe you feel stuffed. You're over it. You don't want it or need it anymore. Like you're sort of over the ice cream. You're not hungry. Maybe you're stuffed. Maybe you're not, but you're not hungry. You're kind of done with the ice cream, but then you see chocolate covered pretzels and you go for those. You aren't too stuffed for those. Or maybe you finish your big pasta dish at the restaurant and You're stuffed or you're satisfied. You definitely don't want any more pasta. You're sort of over that. But tiramisu, mm, wine, those breadsticks, you can make that work. Or lots of people who binge, and I know I used to operate this way, and I talked about it in the episode I did called Inside a Binge, you have to have options. You're not likely to just binge on cookies. You have to have something salty or something creamy or something chocolatey. And this is something called taste-specific satiety. Taste-specific satiety. Basically, you get full on one thing, but then you want something new, something novel, something that's going to give you something brand new. It doesn't matter if you're not hungry anymore. Usually not. You're done with one thing, tired of it, full of whatever, but something different, something crunchy or salty or creamy or fatty, that has new appeal. And when we talk about strategies for overcoming this in a few minutes, we'll talk about reducing your exposure to different options so that you don't uh, fall into this trap of taste-specific satiety where, you know, chocolate is done, but salty, wide open. We haven't gone there yet. That's new. One thing to keep in mind, and you know this if you've experienced overeating, when overeating is not triggered by hunger, so If you are not just diving into whatever's near you because you are ravenously hungry, when you are overeating independent of hunger, only hyperpalatable foods are going to really do the trick. If you aren't hungry, you're not going to dive into a plate of plain grilled chicken breast, right? but you'll overeat salty, crunchy, fatty Triscuits. If you aren't hungry, you're not going to go to town on a huge bowl of spinach and mushrooms. Now, if you're starving, you might go for the veggies. You might go for the chicken. But independent of hunger, only hyperpalatable foods will do. 
when you are overeating beyond hunger, outside of hunger, when you're not hungry, it's these hyper palatables, these things that are extra salty or extra fatty or extra sugary or a combination like your salted or your smoked nuts. Flavor was added to make them hyper appealing to your palate. Fatty, sweet cookies, chocolate, baked goods, ice cream, right? And when we get into strategies, we'll talk about why it's so important to be mindful of hyperpalatables and your exposure to them so that you don't fall victim to, oh, that just looks amazing, independent of hunger, which is one of the big contributors to overeating. There's something else I want to mention that a lot of people struggle with. I see this with my clients literally every single day, and that is wanting to eat based on behavioral cues or cue-induced wanting. If you are in the habit of eating every night while you watch TV, you trigger that urge. Remember, the urge is the issue. More than the food is the issue because our drive is not for the food. Our drive is to satisfy the urge. So since the urge is the problem, you're setting yourself up based on your cues. What are your cues? Finishing a task at work, finishing dinner, sitting down on the couch, walking past a particular store. We have to know our cues. And I want to spend a few minutes talking about strategy. And they're not all mindset strategy. There are some real physical strategies that can help us overcome overeating, stop overeating. The first one is to be very mindful of this idea that I just talked about related to taste-specific satiety. If you are going to eat, let's say, okay, this is, this is all about degrees of improvement. I am not a purist. So let's say that one of your cues is after dinner, okay? Well, I am not suggesting that you need to sit there and say, no, I will never eat after dinner ever again. But one strategy is to be mindful of this taste-specific satiety and pick one thing. If you are going to eat after dinner, whether you're hungry or not, pick one thing. Do not open yourself up to taste-specific satiety. So one thing that I try to do less often now is I'm... I love like charcuterie boards and things like that. But if I'm not hungry and I think, oh, but there's a little meat and some cheese and some berries in the fridge, I'm just going to make myself a little plate and it's all good stuff, right? The challenge is I'm setting myself up to fall right into this trap of taste-specific satiety because if it was just cheese, if I just gave myself a plate of one thing, I'm going to likely tire of it more quickly, eat less overall than if I can bounce back and forth between like, oh, the nuts, oh, the meat, oh, the cheese, oh, the berries, whatever. Same thing for you. If you, a lot of people will do, um, say, just an apple with almond butter. One strategy to try is I can have one, but not both, because the total volume that you will eat will likely be less if you are limiting yourself to one thing than allowing yourself to bounce back and forth so you never truly fatigue. So as a practice in identifying and implementing degrees of improvement for you, pick one thing and stay there. Okay, so don't necessarily say, well, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have some ice cream, but I'm also going to put some nuts on it and I'm going to have a little bit, you know, my dad used to always do um, apple pie with ice cream and cheddar cheese. Well, if it was just the pie, he would likely be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. But because he can bounce back and forth and break it up and have a little bit of 
pie and a little bit of ice cream and a little bit of the sharp cheddar and then back and forth between them all, you're likely to eat more when you're allowing yourself to be stimulated in a different way. So I hope that you guys are understanding what I'm saying there. Limit your options. If you are somebody that really sets yourself up for a big binge, one of the things that I used to do, and I talked about this in the episode of Inside a Binge, listen, if I'm going to indulge, I'm going to pick one thing. So I better be really, really strategic about what is going to satisfy me the most, what would be the most amazing, and go for that thing instead of saying, oh, well, I also should get this, and I need to have something crunchy, and I really want to have something salty. No, limit your options to one thing. The other thing I want you to look at is what are the convenience options that you find yourself overeating? For some of my clients, it's Quest Bars. For others, it's nuts or nut butters. For some, it's candy from the candy bowl at work. For some, it's wine. What is that thing that you are likely to sort of like grab and pick at and munch and overdo it with? For me, it's nuts. So... I try not to keep them around. And when I do, I usually find myself laughing like, why are you making life more difficult for yourself right now? Throw this crap away and don't buy it again. You don't need to. Your convenience options are not convenient if they are keeping you from your goals. So stop keeping them around. You don't need them around and gasp. Your children don't either. If you keep eating your kids' granola bars by the handful, your kids won't get hurt. They won't be in therapy because you decided that you're not going to buy those granola bars for a little while. It doesn't mean forever, but how helpful is it to have something in the house that is a part of a problem you want to solve and overcome? Your problem is a problem for everybody in your household, whether you see it that way or not. When you're overeating, when you don't feel good about your body, when you're frustrated and feeling defeated, that hurts you and it hurts the people who love you, whether you are ready and willing to acknowledge that yet or not. Another food strategy is to be really mindful of hyper palatables, things with lots of added flavors or lots of added textures or lots of added salt or fat or whatever, right? When people add bacon to something, they are more likely to overeat that than without it because bacon is crunchy and salty and fatty. Those are all hyper palatables. Now, In and of itself, there's nothing wrong with bacon, but I know for me, you guys know one of my favorite breakfasts is my big salad bowl, which is raw cabbage with avocado, bacon, and eggs, okay? And I'm probably missing something, but that's the basis of it. It's up on the blog, the recipe. But if for whatever reason I don't have bacon when I make that, I eat less of it than when I do. Now, everybody's hyperpalatable triggers are different. For some people, it's like the salted nuts or the smoked nuts or the sugar-dusted nuts. Those are like the worst, right? But what are the hyperpalatables that make you overeat? Is it adding cheese? If you add cheese to something, are you likely to eat more of it? Well, dial that back. Be honest with yourself about what those hyperpalatables are. Obviously, any processed food counts as a hyperpalatable because it is designed to make you want to eat more. It is designed to layer sugar with salt, with fat, with all of these things, and then layer again and again and again, right? Move towards simpler foods, more whole foods. Dial back the number of processed foods you are eating and the number of processed foods you're bringing into your house. I'm not saying you need to clear out your pantry and go on a diet, but slowly reduce your exposure. And that doesn't necessarily mean to all hyperpalatables, right? I can add salt to my meal and it's not a problem. But 
having salted nuts is more likely for me to overeat. And part of that is the convenience factor of I can just grab a handful and walk away and grab a handful and walk away. Um, simple strategies with things like pistachios. If I buy them, I won't buy them already shelled because you can very easily toss a handful of shelled pistachios in your mouth. But if you have to crack the shell, then you're naturally going to eat a whole lot less. So look at what hyperpalatables tend to be an issue for you and dial that back. I, one thing I love to do is really focus on high quality food. When I buy great, fresh, local vegetables and high quality meats, I buy less food overall and I eat less food overall. Yes, the items I buy are more expensive, but they're not as convenient to eat, so I'm going to eat them more slowly because I have to take the time to prepare them as opposed to processed foods where I spent $4 on a box of crackers, but I went through it in two days, right? So I do spend more on food, but it also helps me to eat less and enjoy it more. There are also some emotional and mindset strategies that we can put into place to help us stop overeating. And one is to switch up your cues because so much of the trigger for the desire for a reward is based on our cues. What cues trigger this desire in you? Don't just listen and smile and nod. Really think about it. What are those things that trigger that for you? What are the cues? You can observe your behavior without responding to it right? Know when your patterned response is likely to arise. I have one client where for her, it was the process of putting on like, you know, lounge around the house clothes and sitting in a particular section of the couch and watching a particular channel on the television. And that was a cue. She always wanted to have some sort of food to enjoy at that time. So we were like, okay, don't sit on that part of the couch. Maybe you sit on the floor. Maybe you sit in a chair. Maybe you don't put your comfy clothes on. In fact, you put on your fittest, your, your tightest fitting jeans, or maybe you take a hiatus from the television, but know what your cues are and then work to interrupt them. Work to just create even the most minor pattern interrupt, like sitting on the floor instead of sitting on that particular area of the couch, laying on the floor on your stomach, wearing something different, not putting on your sweatpants or whatever it is. Another strategy that I can, I, people are resistant to this, but I really do think it makes a big difference in our overeating behavior, and that is be honest about your food perspective. Be truthful about your food perspective, and so many people are not. And maybe it's because you didn't know it, and I'm going to help you recognize it now, but for some people, you're just resistant, and I want to challenge you to break free from your narrow food perspective. So one of my clients is always writing in, in our shared document with such awe and appreciation about indulgences or decadent dishes, especially things that she eats at restaurants, and she'll, she'll write, oh my God, it was so good. It was so worth it. And I get that. I love food as much as the next person, probably more. But when you say it was worth it, based on the fact that the food was amazing, it tasted really good, that is an incomplete and, in my perspective, dishonest statement. Because for you to be able to say truthfully that the food is worth it, you have to be acknowledging not just that the food was good, but you have to be acknowledging what you gave up for it. So 
If you are indulging or overeating regularly and you're thinking, well, that was worth it. That was amazing. That appetizer or that wine or that entree or dessert. Oh my God, that was so worth it. That is not an honest statement unless you're saying, yep, it was amazing. And this is what it kept me from achieving. This is how it had an impact on my goals. And with that, it was still worth it, right? Like, yeah, this kept me from moving in the direction of my goals, but it was better than the pursuit of my goals was. It was better than progress would have been. That is when you can say it was worth it, not just because it was delicious. And I really believe that brutal honesty, which most people are completely allergic to, is a powerful way to reduce overeating. Another sort of mindset strategy or behavioral strategy is, and this is something that I'm having a blast working with right now, is find other ways to get a reward. One thing that triggers that reward for me is working out. Now, it's not quite as immediate as food is, right? Because initially you don't want to do it and you have to get through the workout for the reward. But another thing I love to do is take a break from my work right? That gives me an immediate reward. Instead of struggling through a project and being like, oh, I want a snack. I'm not hungry. I'm just looking for a reward. Instead, I say, you know what? Let's, let's close the laptop for 30 minutes and you can do whatever you want to do. You can watch TV. You can call a friend. You can go for a walk. You can go lay down. You can do whatever you want to do. But that gives me the immediate reward instead of feeling like, oh, I want a snack. I'm really struggling right now. Um, There are lots of different ways that you can get a reward that is not food-based. Maybe you limit your time surfing Yahoo News uh, to when you feel that urge for a reward. And you think, you know what, I'm not hungry, but I'm going to use this time instead of constantly being stimulated, constantly being on Facebook or constantly reading the news or whatever. You limit it to when you are craving that reward and you give it then. One of the last uh, strategies I want to talk about is be mindful of transitions. Transitions are when most overeating happens, right? When you get up off the couch and you go into the kitchen or you finish a project at work or you leave a meeting or you move into a new room, right? You finish a meal. Our mind is restful or restless during transitions and that restlessness makes us want something like I need to kind of scratch this itch and food is easy, right? So be mindful of those transitions happening and be willing to just recognize the urge and either fulfill it in a different way or move along without it, right? Are you able to just practice, even for just today, observing your desire for a reward without acting? Can you sit with it, ride the wave, be curious, observe like a scientist, I see the desire for a reward and I don't have to act on it. I'm just interested in understanding my behavior. Do not create the spiral of wanting. You have one handful and now you're in that spiral of wanting. You got the reward, but it didn't last. So you want more and you want more and you want more. And remember too, that it's really all about what represents an improvement for you. It is not about being a purist. It is not about, oh my God, I failed because I overate today. No. What represents an improvement for you based on where you're at in your journey? What is one improvement that you can make today? I got an email just this morning from a client um, who is having a hard time. And she said, you know, the daytime is awesome. My attitude is great. I'm journaling. I'm saying my affirmations, but my nights are a mess and I'm overeating and I can't stop. And there's so many things to tackle in that, like 
don't tell yourself you can't stop. But beyond that, my response to her is, okay, slow down. This is one day. This isn't like this big lifetime pattern. Oh my God, what am I going to do? What is one improvement that you can make just for today? So I've talked about a lot of different strategies, but I want you to simplify it to what is one improvement that you could make today. Looking at your normal pattern of behavior, how can you just make one degree of improvement today? It's kind of funny um, that we're talking about overeating yesterday because when I tell you what I ate yesterday, you're gonna be like, dude, Elizabeth, that's some overeating. But before I get to that, I wanna ask you guys a question about Ascend. Ascend is the first ever weekend transformation in Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th of this year. Tickets are on sale now, but I, but I want to ask you a question. As I'm putting together the workbook for the event, the curriculum, I'm creating some really cool t-shirts and other swag that I'm a little bit too excited about, going a little bit overboard there, but it's totally worth it. But as I was doing that, I wanted to ask you guys a question and not all of you are going to be willing to give me an answer or have an answer and that's totally fine. But as I ask you this question, if something pops into your head, I would love it if you would email me your response with a send in the subject line. And if you would email me your phone number too, and you're open to having like a 10 minute conversation with me about it, I certainly won't be able to call everybody. But what I want to know is, it'll make sense in a second. What I want to know is, What would it take for you to say, that changed my life? That was worth every penny. What would you have to get out of that weekend with me? What would you have to learn, achieve, accomplish for you to say, that changed my life. That was worth everything. I would do that again and again and again because it made all the difference. Because that is what I want to do for every single person there. And so the more I can understand what that is for you, even if you're on the fence about it or you're not going, or if you are going, even better, especially if you are going, I would love for you to email me with a send in the subject line and tell me what would have to happen? What would I have to help you with? What would we have to do together in our couple of days together, all day, small group, just, you know, a small group of us? What would we have to do to make you say, that was worth it. This changed my life. This is going to be something that changes everything for me. And if you're willing to have a short conversation with me in that email, go ahead and put your phone number. Um, I'm, I'm definitely planning on calling many people who respond so that we can talk about it, so that I can understand it better, so that I can make sure every freaking moment of what we do is totally and completely transformative. So if you have thoughts on that, I would love for you to email them to me. Uh, If you're not sure what I'm talking about with Ascend, go and listen to the episode of the Primal Potential podcast from July 12th. That anniversary episode from July 12th will tell you all about what Ascend is, or you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash Ascend. So what I ate yesterday, I ate a lot yesterday. I don't feel bad about it. It was totally conscious choices. I was very, very active. I was very badly sunburned. And well, I just ate a lot. I had my normal coffee. I had Greek yogurt with blueberries. I had salami with cheese and pistachios. Then I had kale sauteed with garlic and tomato and eggs. And I had dark chocolate. And then I had more salami with pistachios and blueberries. And I don't feel bad about it at all because I wanted to eat yesterday and I was very, very active and I wasn't always hungry. And I am completely 
okay with that. So I hope you found this episode helpful. I'm looking forward to your thoughts on what would make Ascend completely transformational, worth every freaking penny. What would make you say, I have to be there because I have to experience that? And uh, if you put your phone number in the email, I would love a chance to just like a 10 minute call, nothing crazy, just to kind of pick your brain on how I can make this absolutely mind blowing. So anyway, I love you guys. I appreciate you listening and I will talk to you very soon. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall.